Letters from a Glass House is a not-for-profit ministry of the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Venice, Florida. Support us today at UUCOV.org. If you take a china plate and you smash it on the ground and you gather up all the bits, even the little tiny ones, and you tell it that you're sorry and you really, really mean it, does it make any difference whatsoever? Well, of course not. So today we're going to talk about breaking and healing, and we're also going to talk about burritos and wolves and the Japanese art of kintsugi, because if it wasn't a, a little weird, it wouldn't be one of my sermons. Now, the, there's been a lot of conversation over the last 10 or 15 years about what UUism is and where we fall on the religious spectrum, and you'll hear everything. We're Protestant, we're post-Protestant, we're post-modern, we're post-Christian, post-Jewish. Some days I feel like we ought to be posted somewhere else that's crazy. We're a religion, we're a movement. What we're not is good at talking about what to do when we've screwed up and offended against our own personal values. We're not good at that as a denomination. We don't have any verbiage around it. For those of you who've come out of Christianity, Christianity has dogma. And for a lot of Christian religion uh, denominations, they say that humans are inherently sinful. And because the first man and woman screwed up, we're all born needing to be cleaned up. And so the answer is Jesus. That's the answer you get given, the Messiah washes away the sin we're born with and all that that gets added later. The official fancy term for that is a substitutionary atonement, a loving God providing humanity with the only sacrifice big enough to wash away all the sin. Now, for some of us, that makes sense. For others of us, the uh, crucifixion, suffering, and death of the radical young rabbi Jesus of Nazareth are about the time and the political system in which he lived. His life and death may have meaning, but they don't erase any wrongs. Others of us don't believe he existed. But even in mainstream Christianity, there are rituals around this atonement. It just doesn't happen. You have to ask for it. You have to have faith in it. You have to believe in it. The most basic ritual of atonement is called the Lord's Prayer. It's from the book of Matthew in the Christian Bible. Some of you may know it. It starts with our Father who art in heaven. And it's a plea. Forgive me. Forgive me for what I've done. Judaism recognizes atonement. Two weeks ago, we talked about Rosh Hashanah, the new year. It was when everything was done and you were ready to go and you had 10 days to dwell in that uneasiness of the now and the not yet. Yom Kippur is the day when you forgive and make it possible for others to forgive you. It's the day when you atone, when you accept the atonement of others. 
We need this idea, as you use, not necessarily with all the religious pieces that go with it, but this idea of atonement. Because it's a way to deal with the places you've messed up this year. It's a way to deal with sin or mistakes we've made against our own values. When I say sin, I mean places where you have violated your own beliefs. Gives us a way to deal with that without violating our individual worth and dignity. Now it's funny, when I was writing this sermon, I was thinking about when Chipotle, the restaurant, some of you may know it, it's a Mexican place, when it first opened, about 14 years ago, where I was at the time, so here come the burritos, when it first opened, I worked with a bunch of incredibly athletic people. We had one gentleman that worked with us that was a marathoner. He loved to run before and after work. So when Chipotle first opened, he would run to Chipotle at lunch and get a burrito. These things are the size of an infant. <laughs> and he would get it with double meat. And he would come back to work with his burrito. And he would sit at this table, this amazingly slender runner. And he would eat this two-pound loaf of meat and rice. And we would watch it. It was like watching a National Geographic special with the wolves at the, you know. And he would eat this whole thing. And by the time he was done, literally, his stomach would be bulging out. His pants would be uncomfortable. He was completely weighed down by what he had eaten. He couldn't run after lunch. For two or even three hours after lunch, this man was moving slow. He couldn't do much. He was weighed down with what was sitting in his gut. And then it would digest and he would be himself again. Because food digests quickly. It may not always be comfortably. But then it's gone and you feel like yourself again. But when my life gets too full, when what I've taken in of mistakes and problems and places where I didn't live up to my own expectations, the burrito of my life is stuffed full of my hobbies and my family and my friends and your coworkers. It's sauced up with social media and news blasts and healthcare and school shootings and all the things. And day after day, we eat it up because we can't do anything else. But sometimes we feel like we're the wolves at the kill. We're weighed down by 2,000 pounds of what we've had to ingest. We're almost too weighted at times to move anymore. There's an old kid's story some of you may know about a monkey who sees the jar filled with the nuts that he really, really wants. And he puts his grubby little hand in the jar and he grabs as many as he can. 
but his now overloaded hand won't fit back through the mouth of the drawer, and he's so unwilling to let go that he sits and cries because he can't have even one nut. Relaxing our fists and letting go of some of our treasure isn't easy, but it's the only way to enjoy them. Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah aren't about the dates for us as you use. It doesn't matter when we choose to celebrate our new year and our day of atonement. As long as it's about the same time every year. Pick a date that works for you. January 1st is lovely. Yom Kippur is lovely. Pick a date that's the end of the old, the time when you're going to stop eating the burrito. The time when you want to recognize that you can't withdraw your hand, that your belly's dragging on the ground from everything you've had to take in this year. And you reclaim your power to let it go. You take a week or 10 days and you examine the previous year. You pick up the shreds and the shards of all the plates that you've smashed. You clean up all the toothpaste that you squeezed out. You digest that burrito of your life. You walk away from the dinner table. And when you're ready, there is Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. You empty yourself of all the weight you've been carrying, all the screw-ups, all the breakage. It's the day when you say, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And you say, I forgive you. The Kol Nidre means all vows. Now it asks the divine to release us from the sacred vows we made in the past year and let us start fresh. These are not promises to people, but are promises we made for how we would act in the world based on our view of what is divine. This is a different translation. In the court of heaven and the court of earth, by the permission of God, blessed be he, and with the permission of this congregation, we hold it lawful to pray with those who have erred. All vows, obligations, oaths, and things we swore were forbidden by any name, which we may vow or swear or pledge or whereby we may be bound from this day of atonement till the next, whose happy coming we await, we repent. What's this mean? It means we recognize people screw up. We're imperfect, and we don't even have a capacity for absolute perfection. It means we're saying out loud, I promised stuff this year. I'll be kinder. I'll be better. I won't cuss so much. I won't yell at the kids. I won't get aggravated when my grandkids do the thing. We swore that, and we didn't live up to it. And we recognize it. And we should be forgiven. And we're going to start over. Doesn't matter what belief system you're working within. If you're Christian, this is the time of year to contemplate where you have fallen away, fallen short of your beliefs. If you're Buddhist, it's a time for mindful contemplation of the past year's unskillful or unwholesome acts 
place to seek greater wisdom. For a Wiccan, you might recognize the turning of the wheel on one of the greater sabbats, and for a humanist, it might be a time for thoughtful assessment of how you are living up to your stated values. The thing that does matter is willingness to both forgive and be forgiven for those moments when things didn't happen the way they should have. But this is often the point where we clench our little fist and we hold on to the nuts. Because, who knows, I don't deserve forgiveness, or I don't think I get to say if I should be forgiven. Because they don't deserve forgiveness and I don't want to let go. But it doesn't work that way. I can keep punishing myself, but I can't control how the people I've hurt feel. If I'm sorry for what I've done and recognize where I broke my vows to myself and my world and I resolve to do better to the best of my ability, then that is enough. I can try to punish others for what they've done to me. I can hold hatred and anger in my heart, and then what? I'm hate-filled and angry, and they still don't care. Forgiveness of others isn't about whether or not they deserve it. It's about cutting the chain they've got around your neck. The burrito weighed me down. I digest it, and it is gone. I pick up the plate that I've broken. I collect every shard, and I say I'm sorry. All of that's Rosh Hashanah. That's what we did two weeks ago. The end. All the things are finished. Going a step further is Yom Kippur. In Japan, there's an art form called kintsugi, the art of repairing with gold. So I take that plate I smashed, and instead of trying to form gluey little seams, I take solid gold and I put it back together, and it's this beautiful artwork. I don't try to hide the cracks, but I repair them with something more precious. When I'm done, it's a priceless work of art, and that, that is Yom Kippur. Repair yourself with gold. Amen.